0: Hello there. Welcome to episode 16 of Stoicism for a Better Life, season 5. As you can see, I'm your host, Anderson Silver, always trying to figure out what the hell he's doing. Uh, before we get into it, just a quick reminder, this is the last Q&A for the season, um, unless there's significant demand for one last one at the end, but after this there'll be four more episodes. And that's it for the season, my friends. Uh, if the gods willing, I'll do another one next year if Sammy's still willing to help. Um, We'll see. That's the bridge we'll cross when we get there next year. For now in this present moment, I just want to take one more opportunity to say thank you to all of you that followed me down this journey again. I certainly had a lot of fun. I made a lot of new friends again. Um, Great reflections and uh, meditations for me. So thank you. I'd like to think you guys got a little out of it too. In fact, I know you did, the ones who are chatting with me. So It's been a fun journey again. Hopefully, we get to do it again next year. You enjoyed the rest of the series. I will now answer the uh, three questions that came in. Oh, right. Uh, The road, uh, not the road trip, the camping. So, the camping's been fun. Last weekend, if you're following me, if you're one of my followers on Instagram, I did my uh, solo motorcycle camping getaway. It was a lot of fun. If you were following me, you saw I had a visitor come crash the second night, which was really welcome and nice. Um, in fact, it was so nice. I'm going back again this weekend. So if you're interested, of the I know there was about 30-some-odd people that were uh, following the trip live. Um, I don't think I'll do like a live uh, thing this time, step-by-step. Step, but, you know, I'll throw a QA and a box out there every now and then, uh, a couple of my meditations and a few fun pictures. So, hey, if you're on Instagram, see you there. Okay. Let's start with the questions on Instagram, speaking of which we have, um, I'll start with the one who confirmed I can use his name, Kyle McDonald. This is the only one whose name I'm going to share. Uh, And he asks, uh, he asks a few questions, but they're all pretty much the same. He says, uh, does Stoicism and religion collide? Can you embrace Stoicism and religion all at once? Is there anything that Christianity says is good that Stoicism doesn't, or vice versa? Um, For the last question, there's plenty of things that Stoicism and Christianity don't agree on, which is the case for any two philosophies or theologies, right? Uh, One example, Christianity believes that only humans have spirits and souls, whereas as a Stoic, as a pagan, I believe there's a soul in everything, including this little dinky phone that's recording all of this, you know? So... Does Stoicism and religion collide? No. Um, if you've read uh, my first book, actually, I talk about this. I have plenty of devout religious friends who are Christian, uh, Muslim, uh, uh, Buddhist, different different religions. And they are Stoics in parallel. Uh, I, as an atheist, initially was a Stoic. Now, as an anti-theist, I'm a Stoic. Stoicism doesn't collide with any other belief. It's it's so basic, at least in the way it was written, as a guide for life. I know Stoicism itself is a form of theology if you get really into it, right? Um, but Stoicism is just a guide on how to get yourself back to the present moment and why. Rather, the why helps motivate you to get back to the present moment. But Stoicism is just a discipline of being the most rational you possible in the present moment. That's it. That's not going to collide with any religion. And... Uh, And in fact, most religions have a similar message at the core, at the very core of their um, theology. This is a very interesting topic. My sixth book that I'm working on right now is actually about this. Um, Every philosophy and religion I study, and religions are a form of philosophy, right? Theology is a form of philosophy. They all kind of overlap. And at the core of all of these religions, at the center of this Venn diagram is a pearl a pearl of wisdom that they all agree on. Um, that's what that book is going to be about, and to speak about how religions are not bad. It's the institutions that are terrorists. They're they're oppressing groups and people and taking money from. Uh, but the religion itself is well intended and pure. Spirituality is a necessary thing. Religion is one way to address that. Okay, so no, stoicism and Christianity do not collide. Um, Unless you want to follow one or the other devoutly uh, to the T, then it's going to collide with everything because it gets very culty, very fast. All right. Uh, next question is from, let's switch to the Reddit one quickly. Actually, why not? Let's let's turn things around. Um, suppose I can use the username. It's called one response, and then there's four numbers after it that I won't share. Uh, He asks, make an episode on lust and the stoic way to battle it. This is easy. You deal with lust the same way you deal with every other emotion. Step one, recognize it. Before we do anything else, we have to recognize we're emotional and that we're being emotional. Okay. Once you recognize that you are emotional, then you can say, aha, I have an emotion. It is telling me a bunch of stuff. It's giving me information. Now I need to look at other information. and I need to use my intelligence and rational mind to look at all the other data I have and not just listen to this very loud voice. Stoicism, or in my opinion, any well-balanced mental health, does not uh, ask you to suppress or oppress any emotions. Um, you are a human being, right? You are going to feel what you are going to feel. Uh, however, how you deal with it, can change. You can either lean into the emotion and go, Oh God, everything sucks. I hate my life. Or you can counter it with the ninety nine other data points that say, well, this is not so bad. Yes, it's kind of bad in this way, but it's not bad in the 99 ways. So let's move on. Lust is the same way. You give yourself a roadmap of how you want to deal with it. Easy, just don't look if you're having that much difficulty, right? If you're walking with your significant other, let's say and you have difficulty not looking at other women, just Don't look is the uh, roadmap. So when the time comes and you're feeling lustful, all you have to try and do is remind yourself when you're feeling that emotion that there are other data points. Like the um, close relationship you've built with the significant other. Like how 15 minutes of a sexual escapade is not worth throwing away um, the commitment you have in life with your significant other stuff like this, whatever it is, whatever it is for you, whatever emotion it is, you find the rational argument to counterbalance the emotion and that will immediately help you uh, recenter your emotional spectrum, which is the goal. We just have to switch our emotional spectrum from negative to positive because we can't turn emotions off. So we just move it with data and logic. which brings us to the last question here. Now, I did not get explicit permission to use his uh, name. I'll just say Theo. Theo, you know who you are. Um, I have a question regarding kids, suicide, uh, topics of death, everything that's uncomfortable. There's a lot of contextual background here I'm not going to share. But the question boils down to this. Um, How does one talk to a 10-year-old about uh, suicide, right? Or death even for that matter. It's not easy. Our initial reaction is to feel weirded out about this. And if you're listening to this right now, I'm sure you had some goosebumps or your heart fluttered or something, right? You paid a little bit more attention. Like what, suicide 10 year old? Hold on. Because socially we've been conditioned to distance ourselves from anything death. We see this in the way we eat, right? We eat the meat packaged neatly in styrofoam and plastic. We are very far from how that meat is slaughtered. We don't see it. And and how we deal with death also, this is reflected. We are told at a young age, don't worry about death. It's not going to affect you for a long, long time. And then our first experience with death is usually a very morbid and dark one. And then we go to a funeral and then we're told to be... You know, very quiet, and it's a sad occasion, of course, and there are people crying, and it's just morose. In my opinion, the way we chose to deal with uh, death in the West is not very healthy. It's not bad either. Like, how do you deal with death? It's, it's a terrible thing, right? Nobody wants to lose who they love. But we can deal with it better. If I may use a personal example, Uh, If you've been following the series, you know that we lost Pablo, our um, guinea pig, RIP, a few episodes ago. Uh, Of course, in real life, it's, you know, a few months ago, because right now I'm recording this uh, in the end of May. So I've started talking to my four-year-old about death, is um, is the point. And it has been a very healthy conversation. It's been difficult for me. Because to me, it seems just wrong, right? Social, I was just everything I was taught is just wrong. Kids can't handle that, right? But then again, everything I've learned in the past 10 years and how I've been raising my children since I became a Stoic tells me that that is not a healthy way to go about it. So uh, I've been talking to the little one about death, we all have, and he's starting to understand. He's saying, oh, and you know, this will die and that will die, yep. Everything that is alive will die, some of them tragically young, some of them will get to live a full life, but everything dies. This is where I typically remind people about the conversation between the poet Rilke and Freud, the uh, renowned psychologist. They were walking through this beautiful park, flowers are blooming, birds are chirping, Everything is happy and green and the colors and the smells. It's absolutely beautiful. And then Rilke all of a sudden starts crying. He starts bawling his eyes out, completely loses it. Freud goes, whoa, 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 what's happening, man? This is beautiful. Why why are you so sad? And Rilke says, I'm so sad because all this beauty is going to die. And very soon, this is the spring, and in a few months, it'll all be dead. This is where Freud reminds his friend, yes, but without the death. We can never have this beauty. So at the death of these things, we should not be sad about things passing. We should be happy that we had that relationship to begin with. Now, how that passing happens, whether it's suicide, natural causes, whatever, these are more in the hands of the universe than us. We can't do anything about this. However, this doesn't mean that one must be cold. No, we must mourn. And tragic deaths, we mourn a little bit more. However, we must accept at a certain point, what is done is done. What will happen will happen. Everyone's journey is their own. My journey is my own. So when it comes to conversations with my kids, I have it as honestly as I can in the moment I judge what I believe they can handle. And that's it. There's no rule book. There's no guidance for this. You can go any which way you want. I guarantee you, you're going to doubt yourself no matter which way you choose to have these conversations. But personally, I always go back to Atticus Finch from How to Kill a Mockingbird. Before you live with anybody else, you must live with yourself. And I choose to live in as honest a way as possible, as close to Kant's categorical imperative as possible. It's made my life more enjoyable. And at least from my observation, it's made other people around me better. It's made my relationship with them better. And so based on observation and evidence I've gathered over my lifetime in the past decade, I would recommend just being as honest as you can. Gauging, of course, judging in the moment as best as you can, and only you would know, how well they can handle uh, how much truth. You get what I'm saying. Like when you tell a kid, Santa doesn't exist, right? Same thing. Just because we're emotional about a topic doesn't change the fact that it's actually kind of simple how we deal about it. It's just hard to come to terms with the truth. With that, I leave you, my friends. Thank you again for this uh, journey. I apologize today. I'm not wearing my signature gray hoodie. Uh, It's hot as balls, man. It's like almost 40 degrees here. Like, ugh. So, um, hey, all my other ones are pre recorded with the hoodie. So, no worries. Uh, This is the last time you're going to see a goofy white shirt. You guys stay cool. Hopefully, I'll see you next year. Be virtuous, my friends. Be the best year you can be because you can.